Welcome to More to Come, the weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel publishing news recorded at a variety of places around New York City and today remotely. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr and most social media platforms at PDW Comics World. And uh, so check us out. So today I am here talking to Mark Doyle of IDW. Hello, Hello Mark. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Heidi. I'm good. I'm really, really good. It's great to hear your voice. It's It's been a while. Yes, it has been a very long time. And uh, you are at IDW. You are the editorial director of Originals. Is that your? Is that correct? Correct. That uh, is my title. Correct. And, and so this is a pretty exciting for me, and I hope for you, because... Um, totally. as I, I mentioned, I, you know, when we have a guest on more come, you know, I always read other interviews with whoever I'm going to interview. So I know what's been covered, what hasn't been covered, you know, things to bring up and so on. And, uh, for you, there was very little. I don't, I don't know that you've ever done a podcast interview before, Mark. Uh, I haven't. Um, like, like most people though, I listen to many, many podcasts these days. Um, but no, I actually I haven't I haven't. So this is a lot of fun, and well, to, and to be able to do it with you is is uh, is pretty cool. Oh well, that's very kind of you. So um, definitely looking forward to just talking about editing and talking about the originals line, mm. which it was just announced, I believe, last week or the week before. Um, like yes. you, you, okay. So so just to set the scene, you were hired at IDW about a year ago, and since then you've mm-hmm. been hidden from public. Of you, <laughs> and I assume yeah. that you are putting together this line of comics. Yes, that is a that's a pretty good uh, way to describe it. Um, I'll take a uh, I'll take a step further back and say, um, you know, so d- yes, that is exactly what I've been up to. Um, but the sort of further back origin is, um, you know, it all started when Nachi Marsham, our publisher, reached out to me. Um, and Nachi, who you know, former colleague of, of both of ours. Yes. Um, at DC. And, you know, he, when he took over as the publisher at IDW, he reached out to me and, um, he said, you know, look, there's a lot of things that IDW does right. And, um, there's a lot of things that they've done great over the years. But, you know, when it comes to their original stuff, there's never been like a publishing plan or just an overall program. And, I'm looking for someone to, you know, kind of create a plan and spearhead that and shape that. Is that something that would be interesting to you? Um, and I said, yes, of course, of course it is. And actually, you know, funnily enough, um, at the same time, I was having a lot of conversations with a lot of the talent who I've worked with over the years. Um, and a lot of people, you know, sort of big names and up and coming people, everyone sort of across the board. Right. right. They were sort of saying the same thing where it was like a lot of people were looking for avenues to do more original stuff. Um, and so for me, it was like, well, if I have, if I have talent saying they want to do more original stuff, I have, you know, a publisher saying they want to do more original stuff. It's just like, we got to do it, right? Mm -hmm. This is just a totally natural move. Right, right. Um, well, you know, it's funny you say that because, um, I remember talking to, high-level people at IDW um, mm. and asking why they didn't do more original stuff over the years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you know, I think I think there was definitely, a you know, a, a certain approach. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see the approach change. But, but you know, I, I, just you were also at Vertigo before this, uh, sure. right? And then you were also the editor of the Batman group. So I imagine your Rolodex was... Pretty spectacular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, I've I've um, I've been incredibly lucky to work with a lot of amazing people over the years, and um, you know, just kept in touch with a lot of people too. And and yeah, you're right. It was it was great and sort of um, easy for me to reach out to people who I had worked with in the past and say, hey, would you like to work together again? And is there anything you want to do? Um, so that was great, but it was also incredibly important to me too, that I I said to Nachi from go, I said, look, if we're going to do this, it's gotta be a really well-balanced slate of stuff. We, I, yes, I want to call, you know, 
great talent who I've worked with in the past, but also we need to balance it with that up and coming people. Let's, mm. let's find new voices. Let's reach out to people who, you know, maybe they've done a very cool web comic, but they've never done something bigger than that. Or, um, you know, someone who's worked in another medium, but has never done comics before, but they might be interested in comics. Let's reach out to those people too. So that was, uh, um, that was kind of the plan for the whole line was that, that we wanted it to be just a really diverse line in terms of, um, talent and, uh, content as mm-hmm. well. Um, and Nachi was all for that. And so it's, you know, we set to work just trying to build it up. Yeah. Um, and so you announced nine titles. Uh, you have some yes. pretty bold face names there. Well known ones like Scott Snyder, G. Willow Wilson, um, you know, former, uh, Publishers Weekly contributor Van Jensen. We're all, all big yes. fans of, of Van here. Yeah, um, I heard you give Van a shout out, uh, on your <laughs> podcast, I think last week. Yes, uh, yes. With Calvin and everyone. And, and I was like, I, I had forgotten that too. And I was, I was excited to hear you all excited because I don't know, like I've known Van for a long time. Um, and I, I've, I've never actually worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, you know, we've kind of similar circles and had bumped into him at different things and talked about some pitches in the past and just nothing ever really, really clicked. Um, but I always liked him and I like I hearing your reaction. It was funny. Like, I feel like that's everyone's reaction. <laughs> just talk about Van. Like, I don't know anyone who, who has anything bad to say. Oh yeah. Um, he's, he's great. He's such a great guy. He's the best. And yeah. has a, uh, a reporter's background too, yes. um, which I always appreciate. I think that's what we sort of first bonded over. Cause I'm like, I'm just a sucker for any like crusading journalist story. Right. You know? Right. Um, but anyway, he so he came to me shortly after um, I started at IDW and had a pitch with the amazing Jesse Lonergan, and I was just like, "Oh man, are you kidding?" Yes, um, and it was a really it was a really smart pitch um, and something I'd never really seen from Van before. And plus, I love Jesse's work, so it was just yeah. kind of a kind of a no brainer. Right, right, uh, yeah. Just to read, it's called Arca. It's an original graphic mm-hmm. novel. I'm just going to read from the press release, so anybody who is listening knows what we're talking sure. about here. Sure, sure, uh, sure. A dying, they leave a dying Earth behind as billionaires establish a luxurious new society out among the stars. So it's nonfiction, is what you're telling me, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Tended to by teenage indentured servants, but one girl discovers that the good life promised for their years of solitude. Was a lie. Uh, well, that you know, that I'm sold on that, and uh, right? yeah. I mean, that's it. Like from there, you're just like, well, yeah, yeah more please. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, oof, it is. Sometimes I can't tell if we're living in the real world or a Vertigo comic book, and that is the truth. Uh, I know, man. I like. I <laughs> I feel like wow. I don't I don't remember the timing because who can remember any timing these days? But. Um, yeah, let's put it this way. Um, at some point when the headlines about, um, you know, uh, certain people, uh, flying up into the, <laughs> you know, upper atmosphere and then coming down and giving pretty dopey interviews afterwards, we, you know, Van and Jesse and I were, were laughing because we were just like, oh man, they're just like, they're doing our press for us. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so I think what's actually interesting about that is that, um, you know, you have these nine titles, but like that's an original graphic novel. Some are miniseries, some are ongoing series. So it's, it's also a, um, you know, variety of formats. Yeah. Great question. Um, uh, that was one of the things that we set up front too, is that we, we weren't, we didn't want to be beholden to any format and we wanted to let, let the story, let the story dictate the format. Um, you know, and this was something that we felt, um, you know, sure could have definitely had a, a direct market audience and, and, and will probably. Um, but it also felt to me, the story is, it's very much in the vein of, um, it has sort of a, a literary bent to it. And it felt to me like it was sort of more in the vein of like, um, you know, great speculative fiction like mm. Never Let Me Go or, you know, even some of the great YA speculative mm. fiction. And it made me feel like this could really find an audience um, in the book market and the trade market. And, and so I want to make sure that we 
package it and sort of get it into those fans and readers' hands as well. Right, right. Well, let's see what else you have coming up here. Um, well, you know, you, lots of stuff. yeah, lots of stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, just, you know, I do want to just talk a little bit about these and, um, now <laughs> is there, like, are they, there, the line is launching in July, I believe? Yeah, so we start this July, um, with Scott and Hayden's book, Dark Spaces Wildfire. Um, and then the idea is that we're, we'll be rolling out titles, you know, um, starting in July and then I think it'll be four more this year after that. Um, and then next year adding to that, uh, continuing to roll out new stuff next year. And also, um, next year is when we'll be launching more of the, um, YA and middle grade graphic novels that we've been developing as well. Right, right. Um, oh, that's right. There's also the YA. I know you have a project by John Ridley in the works. Um, well, you know, looking mm-hmm. at the list here, here's one that sounds super interesting. Earth Divers, which is an ongoing mm-hmm. series written by Stephen Graham Jones uh, with art by David uh, Davide, John Felice, I believe mm-hmm. I pronounced that properly. Um, unite, I, yes. Unites four indigenous survivors in an apocalyptic near future as they embark on a bloody one-way mission to save the world by traveling back in time to kill Christopher Columbus and prevent the creation of America. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, all right. I'm so glad that you called up this one. So um, I look, the, all these books are amazing, but I'm, I'm excited about working with Steven because I, I don't know if you know his work at all, but um, no, he, Oh, you've got to check out his books. Um, he, so he kind of, kind of blew up a little bit I would say maybe in the past two or three years ago um, he wrote a really fantastic novel called um, The Only Good Indians Mm -hmm. and um, that started to get a lot of attention and a lot of buzz that's when I I, you know first noticed his work well and actually so to take a step back um, here's a good opportunity to not only talk about this book but talk about the team too so this pitch was brought to me um, by senior editor on my team, Maggie Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know Maggie at all. You probably I, I don't know Maggie, but you guys also work together at DC, I believe. Yes. So I worked with Maggie at DC, and um, when I came to IDW and I started, I started acquiring pitches and, and building things up. But also, we knew too that it was like we got to build a team here. Like if we're going to, if we're going to do this as ambitiously as we want to, like we're going to need more people and more voices and more point of views. Um, and I had worked with Maggie for uh, a few years at, at DC and she just was always blew me away with, um, she's just incredibly smart, incredibly well-read, um, and well-read outside of comics mm-hmm. too. And so she was the one who turned me on to Steven's work. Um, and she was like, you know, look, I, he's never done cover. Well, actually he has, he'd done like a smaller graphic novel before. And, um, he did a short story in a, in a Marvel anthology, mm-hmm. but had like never done anything this big or this ambitious. So like she recognized he clearly has an affinity for comics and I love his work and I love his voice. Like we should reach out to him. Um, and so we did and he, he came back with this pitch. And it just completely knocked us over, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" I mean, not only is it is it just a killer hook and a killer premise, but like he, there's all this like really deep character stuff in there um, that really makes it something special. But it's also just really good time travel stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's a real. We're both super nerds about you know time travel and and getting into that, and you know, it's just been talking about. Every book, show, movie, whatever, and so <laughs> the, the, the three of us are like kind of get each other wound up sometimes. So you know, Mark, stuff. you're the one. I will say this: back when I was an editor at Vertigo, like people would come in to pitch, and I would just say flat out, "No time travel. I can't stand time travel. <laughs> I can't. I'd never, ever, ever wanted to. You know, like like Dan Slott would come in and he'd have some some you know super complicated amazing dance slot time travel pitch and i just like no yeah. i can't i can't i just it's not for everyone <laughs> no no not for everyone but that's the thing too is that like and you'll see like when you when you read uh steven's other fiction you'll see that like he'll take a killer premise like that and and like yes it's a it's a big high concept you know sci-fi time travel thing 
but just immediately gets into the character stuff and then immediately gets into like frankly just straight up slasher horror mm, stuff too yeah. you know um so you can very quickly ignore the time travel and just get it. <laughs> Well, I, I know a lot of people do love time travel. That's just my little my little thing. I actually enjoy a lot of time travel stories. It's just like I never want to edit a time travel book. Never. Yeah, um, well, and luckily uh, that's, that's Maggie's problem. Uh, she can get into the, the quagmires of Steven yes, because like, yes. I, I, I get to say like, yes, this sounds great. Let's do it. And then, then they can figure it out. Right, right. Well, you know, it's also very important. I mean, obviously um, – you know, I feel like two years ago, you know, we went into one side of a of a tunnel or like a, a uh, wormhole. Yes. We went into a wormhole, you know, mm-hmm. and we've shot out on the other side. Maybe we're still in the wormhole. So, you know, speaking of time travel and space travel and all that. Um, totally. But, you know, one of the things that has become so important in comics and everywhere uh, is, you know, just a diversity of voices. And obviously, you know, Stephen Graham Jones, mm-hmm. he is an indigenous uh, person and you know getting to tell uh, I mean I talk to librarians they're always saying they're looking for you know like stories that are from authentic indigenous voices so you know that's important too totally no 100% and that was besides the fact that we just loved his mm. work and his novels just really rip like it was it was like well this is and this is the perfect example of what happens when you you know if you turn the camera left and you're like just sort of like who's who's slightly outside the frame right? right or like who's in the background or like whose story have we not told before um and that's when you get something really exciting um and so that's what that's what we try to do or or it, it's like just even looking at when you're developing something just sort of looking at the casting characters and saying like well, what if it's what if it's this person instead mm-hmm. you know right. then well that changes everything now it's now it's going to be coming from this perspective and oh wow look how the plot unfolds now that it's it's this person kind of driving things forward so yeah and it's i mean and you you know as a reader watcher whatever mm-hmm. like it's it's just it's no such thing as a new story. It's how you tell it, right? right? right. So if you if you yes, if you reach out to other people, then you're going to get yeah. different. And you get stuff. yeah. And I I just just think, um, you know, the readership really, you know, the readership that's growing really does want to have stories that are from different voices and other voices and so on. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, but um, yeah, no, so, totally. Yeah, so uh, yeah. What are some of the other like? Um, you know, I don't want to. You know, well, well, you know, Scott Snyder. Like you and Scott go way back, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, Scott and look, I know you know Scott. You've talked oh, to him a million yeah, times. Yes. I mean, he's 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 just uh we do go way back actually here's a funny story um <laughs> you, you could forgive me i'm gonna ramble for a second here um but uh so w- one of my favorite things uh at idw we're all, look we're all sort of all over the place but we use slack constantly mm-hmm. right like slack is a great way to for all of us to kind of keep in touch um and uh one of the uh traditions we have is on friday uh, we have a music channel and our, bear with me. I swear this is going to come back to comics. Bear with me. Um, on Friday, uh, our Blake, uh, who's our terrific SVP of sales and marketing, he, he'll always ask a Friday music, like just Slack question, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Friday's question, actually it was someone else, Julia from his team who asked the question on this Friday. And the question was, uh, like what's a first like mixtape or mix CD that you can remember that, you know, <laughs> someone, someone made for you. Um, and it just, and it like just spurred all this amazing conversation. And there's so many awesome people who are just like total, you know, music fans here. And, um, and we had a really fun time. And then I actually went and I was like digging through stuff. And, um, and because I remembered uh, a CD that my lovely wife, Janine had burned for me when we first started dating. And I was talking about that. And then, in in the same box, I also found. Um, for those who don't know, Scott Snyder is a huge Elvis uh, fan. Uh, uh, yes. Huge Elvis fan. And um, I remember when we first started working together, and this was like 10, 12 years ago now. I mean, I've I've known Scott for over a decade now. Like we've been friends for a long time. Um, but when we first started working together, he, we, you know, started talking about Elvis, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I never really got into stuff, whatever, whatever. And he was like, I'm gonna burn you a seat. I'm going to burn your CD and you're going to get into Elvis. And, um, 
Sure enough, he did, and he it, it's uh it's a it's an amazing. I actually I took a picture of it. and I texted him this weekend because I was like, dude, you're never gonna believe what I found. And then I was like, also, this is like a killer playlist you put together. <laughs> it's like really really good. He was very focused on. He knew I was more of a sort of like <laughs> you know classic rock, like more like punk guy, and he was like. <laughs> Elvis was a punk. You <laughs> like I'm going to show you. And so we put together oh just like God. a great the outlaw Elvis. Uh, yeah, that's that. So anyway, is, that's great. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I was like so thrilled to find it. I was like, oh my God, I haven't looked at this in forever. Um, but anyway, so that that's a. Good, I guess that's a good example to, to sort of show, like you know, Scott and I. Um, you know, we met, like I said, it was, it was, uh, I think it was 12 years ago now. Um, and so we've worked together on a lot of things, um, over the years and done some great stuff that we, we really, really love. But, you know, of course, Scott was one of the first people that I reached out to when I, when I came to IDW and he was like, yes, would love to work with you again. You know, what, what, what are you looking to do? What are you, you know, I've got this, this and this kind of going over here, but like, if we're going to do something, I want to do something different. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and it with Scott, it was like, it was very easy for us to kind of figure out exactly what we wanted to do because, you know, going all the way back to when I held the door open for Scott, like that's something that has always been, we've always been passionate about is like, what, who's the next person? Like who's the, who else can we work with? Who else like, you know, can we, um, try to give a spotlight to and, and open the doors up for someone else. And so that was really, that was kind of like the, the two things he pitched me. He was like, look, I want to do something kind of different, something kind of grounded. And, um, you know, here's, here's how we can set it up different than what I'm doing elsewhere. Um, but also he was like, let's find someone we've never really worked with before. And so, um, we looked at a lot of different artists and, um, found Hayden's work. I honestly don't even know. I don't know. I went down some <laughs> rabbit hole, you know, as you do and, um, stumbled onto their work. And I was just like, I was blown away. I was totally blown away and reached out to, to Hayden and then it didn't, it just all clicked. It just all clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Scott and I, like we've worked together on so many different things too, that like, I think I have a pretty good sense of, what kind of what kind of stuff he's going to respond to? So, like, I think as soon as I found Hayden stuff, I was like, "Oh man, you're going to love this." Well, you know, that's interesting that you say that because I often say when people ask, you know, what is a comic book editor do? Um, oh, I, I, well, yeah, uh, I <laughs> say that a lot of it is like being a producer and you're casting things because mm. you oh, know yeah. certain you know there's some people who can just you know put their pen down and draw anything. You know, like, totally. like, you know, Jack Kirby, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other people who just, you know, enjoy telling certain kinds of stories or, um, but it's also, yeah, it's, 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 there's so many intangibles that go into it. It really is a very intuitive thing, I think, of just, you know, finding, finding an artist that, you know, you know, will, will, will just get what this, the writer's doing, you know, and the writer will be inspired by. Totally. And I, and, you know, it's like, and look, sometimes you get it wrong, right? Like yeah. it's, you know, oh, yeah. or like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, that happens too, right? Um, but I do think you're, you're totally right. And it's like, that's a question. Like if I've ever like, you know, talked to, um, students, you know, at a school or something like that, or, or done portfolio reviews and stuff like that, like whenever people ask like, so what does an editor do? Or like, how do you become an editor? Like, what should I study? Whatever. It's like, it's so impossible to kind of put your finger on. Actually, um, I just sent this around because someone, um, uh, the wonderful Jose Villarubia, you know, Jose. Of course. Work, yes, right? He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, actually, uh, oh no, it's not out there yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working with Jose on something. <laughs> yes. Um, Yes. And, uh, Jose, he recently, it's funny cause I was looking at his work and he recently posted a, um, this terrific little, I'll send it to you, but it's a, it's like a little diagram that someone put together and it's like just this giant circle and it says like, what is an editor or what does an editor do? And then like inside it is like just like 50 different things. Right, you know? right, um, right. And it's honestly one of the best like depictions I've seen of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate actually. Um, 
But I don't know. He put it on his Instagram or something. You yeah. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, you'd yeah. be silly not to work with Jose Villarubia. So you know, no, no, yeah. no secrets there. Um, I mean, he's he's not only is he just you know immensely talented, but he's also just one of the nicest. Oh. You know, kind of. He's and he's a teacher too. Like you can, like. That's the thing. Like, I think people who also teach, like, you can see that in their work or oh, just in, yeah. like, working totally. with them. You know what I mean? Like, he's just such a thoughtful, right. a thoughtful approach to it. Well, you mentioned Scott loving to work with, you know, up-and-comers. I mean, he loves mm. teaching, you know, and he really – That is something that brings him so much joy. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad that he's found – you know, time to do it in this, this, this new Substack format and, um, you know, do so, totally. do both things that he loves. But yeah, you know, Scott is on a, a real he's hot so good streak. at it. Yeah, yeah, he's great at it. But I mean, he's on a real hot streak with, uh, you know, his books from Comixology and, you know, now, now this book sounds great. So yeah, he's just, you know, there was a lot of stuff. I, you know, I feel like sometimes when you, when you reach out to people, you know, sometimes, they, 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 they hear an editor's on the line and they're very excited and they just pull open that drawer and see what was, you know, <laughs> kicking around in there. <laughs> right? Totally. And yeah. sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're great. But sometimes there's a reason they were in the drawer. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Well, I have yet to find the, the bottom of that. Okay. Well, yes. Uh, well, so know, Scott's well, drawer is amazing. Now, just in case Scott is listening. It just keeps going. Scott's drawer yeah. is, is a one, uh, you know, a treasure chest. So I didn't no. mean to say uh-huh. that. Yeah. That's the, he's the yeah. example of you're happy when he reaches in there. So, um. Well, it's really because I, like his, 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 um, I think the thing, and like Scott will say this too, like he, he has like such a, like steel trap of a brain when it comes Mm. to story he just like he won't ever like if if like when we when we're talking about something or if he has a kernel of an idea or whatever like he'll just keep working on it and keep working on it until he finds like the right way in or the right angle or um you know uh it's like oh well that that's not working why is it not working and he won't like he just he won't abandon it Mm -hmm. you know like he'll just keep working it until he figures out like what the right what the right Right. way is right and i think that's i think that's one of the things that i think that's why we work so well together too is that um when it comes to story like we just we, we both sort of have this approach this feeling that like story like story is like it's out there this is gonna sound weird like bear with me but like the story is it's it's out there and you're trying to get to it do you know what i mean like it's a it's a thing that you're trying that you're reaching for and like when it's right it's right like when you find it you you're like ah that's it that's the that's the way yes that's perfect and then this happens and then this okay yes this all makes sense yeah it's like everything sort of lines up when you find it right it's like um oh god i can't even remember the name of it what's the game tetris it's like tetris suddenly the piece comes that was the one that you needed all <laughs> yeah, along, right. right? Right. And it just, and it just clicks and you're like, oh yeah, right. Now everything is falling into place. So yeah, it's, it's always, um, but there is a sort of like a ethereal nature to it too, where you mm-hmm. feel like you're, you're just reaching for something that's, that's kind of out there. And when you mm-hmm. grab it, it's just like, ah, we got it now. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Now, yeah. now we can run. Well, um, I, I want to just mention the other books that you're doing because, um, mm. you know, it's, you got a lot of other really great people on here. Um, so true cult, I don't know, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is, <laughs> we were just having a, we were just had a meeting with our, uh, proofreader the other day Uh-oh. and we we're just kind of going over uh with with uh true cult and and we we're just kind of establishing rules for the book and i was like yeah so uh we have to replace all the u's with b's okay <laughs> just in the whole book and she, uh, she, she was sort of deadpan and i was like no i'm sorry i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. yeah <laughs> well tell us what true cult is about it's by scott brian wilson and uh liana mm-hmm. kangas oh i love liana kangas that's a good get there so yeah but what's it yeah, about she's wonderful yeah um <laughs> what's it about uh, I was actually just talking to a friend the other day and I was talking about how, um, I just love stories with dirt bags. Mm-hmm. Like just give me, <laughs> give me something with, with a dirt bag in it, just like in an impossible situation. And I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of what, what true cult is. You've got, you've got these characters who work at, um, a fast food place and, um, uh, try to pull off, um, a ridiculous robbery and everything kind of like, uh, unspools from there and they get mixed up with, uh, some Satanists and oh. things, things go very well. Things, yes. are, things go fine and everything works out for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Another, 
uh, you know, nonfiction story, it sounds like, honestly. Um, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But no, you know, True Cult, it was, it was a, it was a great example too, um, of kind of what I was talking about before of like the balance that I really wanted to, to do with this. It's like, yes, let's work with someone like Scott Sanger, who's amazing and I've worked with him before. And like, yes, he, he has a, an audience and that's great. But also like, who else can we work with and who are the other people that we want to like give a spotlight to and kind of bring up. And, um, so Scott Wilson, actually, I worked with him before on a few short stories and, and stuff like that in the past. Um, and he's done some stuff with dynamite and whatever. And then he and Leanna actually did true cult as, um, a Kickstarter. Oh yeah. And they, they did it originally as a Kickstarter a couple of years ago. And then, Shortly after I um, started at, at IDW, um, one of the other editors here on our team, Chase Marat, brought two cults to the table and was like, hey, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like, I think it's great. And like, I would love to do it, you know, like, what's the IDW version of this? Like, mm. what is this something we do here? And I was like, oh, I know Scott. I know that book. <laughs> yes. Let's, we should do, yes, yes. That's a great idea. Um, so it was just a great example of, exactly the kind of um team that you know i just want to give a platform to and right. like tell they're kind of crazy well there's there are so many places to find creators now um uh, totally it's so, it's a full-time job just keeping up with them <laughs> i know but I, I also think too like one of my hopes with with this line um and everything else we have um in in development too and coming down the pipe is that like I also, I just, I want to try to create a sense of community, you know, where everyone, people are sort of getting to know each other and hopefully we're starting to, you know, knock wood, we're starting to go out to conventions and stuff again and, and, um, start to sort of like see each other at panels mm, and right. like, oh, you're working on this book. Oh, would you also like to do a, a variant cover on, on that book, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and, um, and also to me, it's always about, yes, it's about, this project that we're working on now, but also it's, well, but what's the next thing and the next thing and the next right, thing, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want this to be the beginning of, you know, all these projects that we're going to work on down the line. Right. Right. Well, it's, you know, nine, nine projects. It's a pretty ambitious slate. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, uh, Crashing by Matthew Klein yes. and Morgan Beam. Uh, that, what, mm -hmm. this one, this, uh, sounds interesting. It's set in a, an emergency room? Yeah, um, so it's set in a hospital in a world where, you know, there are characters with, with powers, um, and, uh, our main character, Rose, is a, is a doctor in this world, and she sort of specializes in, in working on uh, patients with powers, um, mm -hmm. and sort of what that looks like. Like, you know, what does it look like if, in, in a hospital, if someone comes in with a, you know, a, a gunshot wound or something like that. And then all of a sudden laser beams shoot out of their eyes, you know, um, what's that like and how do you sort of deal with that? Um, and actually, so this is a pitch that, um, Heather Antos brought in and I, I immediately loved it. Um, and full disclosure, it's something that we used to talk about in the, in the bat office all the time over the years where I was right. just like, What's the hospital look like? <laughs> oh my god. Like, it's gotta be like, I can't imagine like, you know, when you draw the short straw and it's like, oh, you're working nights and Batman's out, like, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a rush. <laughs> right, right. You know, honestly, this is, um, I mean, we know the comics to media path is well worn but yeah superhero hospital i can see it now <laughs> i know, I can right? see it now no. people love doctor dramas boy do they a hundred percent and actually heidi it's funny you say that because um i i go uh, so prior to working in comics i actually worked um at abc news for a few years in their um we had a, a documentary unit at mm -hmm. abc news and um I was a PA there and kind of worked up and did some development stuff and whatever. But um, that was one of the things that I learned very early on was that like whenever we're developing shows and pitching shows is that like, because basically we were ABC News, but we did stuff for the cable networks like mm. Discovery Channel, right, or, like, right, right. DLC, History Channel, whatever. Um, 
But uh, one of the things I realized very early on was that, like, we could always sell medical dramas. Like, mm-hmm. we could always sell, you know, if it was like, oh, it's this hospital, but they specialize in this rare disease <laughs> or whatever. It's like we could always get people interested in that. So, yeah, when Heather walked in with this and it was just like, you know, a, a mashup of all these things that I was just like, ding, 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 ding. Yes. This yeah. Is- now, with the author, Matthew Klein, is that the Matthew Klein from comics or – a different um, Matthew so Klein. Which Matthew Klein is it? Klein. <laughs> How many Matthew Kleins are there? Please stand up. Um, uh-huh. So Matthew actually he um, has done sales yes. uh, in the past. Yeah, with with PRH, uh-huh. um, yes. and you know has been writing and sort of building up that on the side. So that's actually his background. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I think I met Matthew when he was working at Valiant actually. So. Um... That might make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good for him. Good, good. He for was him. he was new. To, it was new to me. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's um that might be the connection. Right, right. Uh, so okay. So here's uh Dead Seas, a six issue miniseries by mm. Kevin Scott and Nick Brokenshire. I think Nick's been a guest on this show actually on the more oh, cool. back in the day. Uh, so yeah, yeah so, stuff's great. Yeah. So this is uh oh boy, it's got pirates in it. Oh, that's that's a guess from me. Yeah, <laughs> me too, right? I'm a, sucker, I'm a sucker for any sort of like any seafaring story, and like I, I'm in. But this one again just had like this great hook of like it's a world where um, you know ghosts have sort of been unleashed, and this this private company creates a way to capture all the ghosts and kind of lock them um, at sea on these ships at sea, these ghost ships at sea, oh. and then. Um, yeah, so we follow in uh, a few characters who go to one of these ghost ships, and um, things go very well. Everyone is fine, <laughs> and nothing bad happens. Yeah, all uh, hell breaks loose. That's what uh, he's trying to. Mark is trying to tell us. Yeah, uh, all <laughs> hell breaks loose. Um, it's always a good plot twist. Um, yes. And let's see. Okay, the one that had the title that I loved the most was Gul. Golgotha Motor Mountain <laughs> by Matthew Ehrman and Lonnie Nadler are the writers and art by Ryan Lee. Uh, yes. A high-octane redneck motor massacre about two meth-cooking brothers and their attempt to make it home in one piece after all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, of course. Um, I'm so happy to hear you say that you love that title because I do too. I And I actually I saw a couple other people mention it when, when this went out that they were just like, man, what a great title. Yeah. And I totally agree. I, you know, because like, look, you know what it's like. You look at a million pitches and, and consider so many different things. And so, yes, of course, with a title like that, it, it jumped out. Um, but then, you know, uh, again, going back to what I was saying before, like, love a great story with dirt bags in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... But, you know, I think what I loved about this, too, is that um, there's a ton of heart, mm-hmm. actually, at the center of it. And, like, this, the, the heart between the two brothers is really great. And um, we just had a, a terrific story call with um, – so this pitch actually came from David Marriott, um, another editor on our team. And um, we had a call with them last week and with Matthew Monty, too. And it was it was just awesome. Honestly, it was, it was so much mm-hmm. fun um, kind of talking through – what they want to do with it and and um it's a it's a big swing what they want to do with it but i think it's the kind of thing that's going to turn a lot of heads. what is what is their background um so they both comics um i think uh lonnie has actually done um some film stuff he's actually i forget we actually had to bump our call because he was flying mm. somewhere for something some shoot um but anyway um they've both done some comics before um and um Geez, I'm totally blanking. They might have even done like a smaller X-Men thing right, and right. whatever. Um, so they've, um, from, they've we call that just, you know, from around. They're just from, you know, around. from around. Yeah. They've been doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a couple more. Um, okay. Uh, these are the last couple ones here by some pretty well-known folks that I probably worked with before, but, uh, the sin bin, a six issue miniseries by Rob yeah. Thompson. Uh, who was, uh, Robbie is, a uh, he was, he was at Vertigo, right? He, no, Robbie, oh. um, I've actually never worked with him before. Oh, okay. Um, he most recently, I think he probably, he wrapped, um, uh, some Suicide Squad stuff at DC oh, okay. and prior to that had done some like Spider-Man stuff and stuff like that. Um, and, but he, 
has also done um, a lot of television work, including um, he was a writer and producer on Supernatural. Oh, okay. Um, for years, yeah, and um, so, but he's also a massive hockey fan, and <laughs> you know, pitched me this, and and I was just like, I uh, again, it was like it was such a great sort of high concept of like, you know, um, this father daughter story and. The the, fa- the 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 main character Dukes is um well two main characters it's Dukes and his daughter Cat but um he's a minor league hockey player and it kind of uses that as a cover to um basically kind of travel the back roads of America hunting monsters um and sold I'm sold on that I'm sold on yeah that. right exactly yeah exactly. and you know hockey and- is super popular in comics like you know there's the whole the whole hockey subcult you know so it's good one. I am. I am aware now. <laughs> uh, I did not know. I did not know before. Um, and actually, uh, it is my wife Janine who turned me on to this because I had no idea. Um, and she has become a huge hockey fan and follows a lot of hockey artists and and fan art and stuff like that. And so um, she's the one who turned me on to this whole world. Um, and actually. You know, probably connected with Robbie through that. I'm yeah. sure because it's like it's like that <laughs> Venn diagram overlap of like you know hockey fan and comic fan or like wrestling fan and comic right. fan. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. there's so it's like you you start to sort of real like when you learn a little bit more about that culture, you're just like, oh yeah, of course, that makes total sense. That, right. You know, right. you would also be a huge comic fan. Of course. Um, uh, just to mention. Too. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no. Go on. Go on. I was just going to say, you know, with the Sinbin, it was it was another one where it was like awesome, great, high concept. But again, it was like to me, I loved the father daughter relationship at the at the heart of it. Um, was like right. monsters aside, it was like you know the daughter cat, like her expectations of her father and what she you know expected of him and wanted him to do, and but but also his uh, the burden he was carrying and the sort of friction that comes from that. So. Um, actually, I was talking to Robbie yesterday, and he was talking about how every scene there was this scene that he that he was reworking. And he was sort of like, I want like every scene is like it's it's sort of character out, right? Like it's like yes, of course we've got to deal with this monster problem or whatever, but like I want to make sure that it's like every scene I'm constantly reinforcing that mm-hmm. that character mm-hmm. stuff, that right. character connection, right? Because it's because you only, I mean, and you know, like the economy of comics, it's like you have so few pages and so few panels to be like to get that heart out there and, and get people to to fall in love with the characters as quickly as as, as you do and you want them to so right. it's like gotta use every piece of real oh, estate oh yeah and I mean you know that's again where the casting comes in you know if you have an artist who's really great at expressions you know or really just mm, great mm-hmm. at you know sure, anatomy that you know showing mood through anatomy I mean that that just makes it so much easier some you know sometimes say the artist on Sinbin is Molly Murakami I know she's done yeah. a whole bunch of things so yeah, so Molly, um, she, that was a great example of, you know, um, had, like, t- was talking to Robbie first, but, you know, didn't have, um, an artist for this. And then I was talking to the team and I, I kind of reached out to everyone. I was like, look, I'm, I'm looking for an artist. Like, I don't know anyone, like, who can sort of do this and this and this and, like, maybe also likes hockey. <laughs> um, and, uh, so Molly, actually, she did a comic on, um, a webcomic for a while called Blue Liners. Uh-huh. Um, and she is a huge hockey fan. Um, and so just immediately got it. Yeah. And was like, oh, yes, let's do it. So, right. Wow. Uh, you know, and that was a great example too of like, um, you know, uh, Robbie. So here's a little like behind the scenes one on that. Um, it was really cool because Robbie, he originally wrote the pitch. Um, and, uh, Molly, like she read it, she loved it and, um, was like, okay, great. I'm going to, I'm going to do some character designs. And then she came back and she sent, she sent all these character designs and, um, we never said, Robbie never said anything about any of the characters ethnicity mm. in the pitch at all. And then, but when Molly came back, um, you know, it was like she, Dukes is, is black and, um, the, Mother Marta is Latina, and, and so it like it just completely changed everything. Right, and we were like, "Oh, that's fantastic!" Yeah. And because it's like, you know, now now we're dealing with the sort of the the complicated 
family dynamics and we're dealing with i mean look i you know i don't know a ton about hockey but um i do know enough to know that like to to be a black man in america and playing hockey is um definitely is a complicated thing yes. and if it's like okay we're, now we get to sort of explore all of this and and talk about talk about so many more things mm-hmm. yeah so right it it was just like it was one of those awesome moments of like now now the story is like it's taking on so much more and it was it was purely because of you know someone was sort of inspired to do something and and you know it was like well this is just makes sense to me and i want to do it this way and the, you know what do you think and it was like yes of course this is great let's go you know yeah um yeah it's so like things it, fall it into place awesome yeah exactly exactly we were just like ah now now it's this you know yeah. and now it's gonna be you know you're more interested so right right okay well, we have one more here uh okay the, the hunger and the dusk a 12 issue storyline yes. by g willow wilson and chris wild goose i Yes. I mean, The Hunger and the Dusk. Yes. Like, come on. Yeah. When, as soon as you hear that title, you're like, uh, uh, yes, I'm in. What is it? Go yeah. on. Yeah, Go on. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, actually, this sounds great. Upends the age-old conflict between humans and orcs by introducing a new, deadlier species. All right. There you go. Yes. Yes. Right? So, um, so this one, you know, Willow... Look, she's done a million amazing things, uh, over the years, obviously, and, um, uh, probably m- most well known, uh, as a co-creator of Ms. Marvel. Um, but Willow is such a fascinating person, um, and so smart and so thoughtful. And, you know, if you've talked to her about anything sort of outside of superhero comics, you know, like, she's just, it, you know, so interested in oh, yeah. cultures yeah. and, you know, history and all these different things. And it's like, this was a story that she, you know, she said to me is that like, it's kind of been in her head for a long time that she's kind of just been like slowly picking away at and trying to find the right way to do it and the right sort of format and something she's always wanted to do and all of these things that she wanted to address. And, and I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want to hear. Right. As an mm-hmm. editor, yeah. like what's the, what's the thing you've always wanted to do? And it's like, I thought you'd never ask. You right. Know, that's, right. That's, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. So it's, it's incredibly smart. Um, the world building is, is unbelievable. I mean, she just has like really, really rich, um, background and context for everything. And then on top of that, Chris Wild Goose is just doing like next level stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know Chris's work at all, but, um, I'd worked with him actually uh, in the past. Um, uh, we did some Batgirl mm-hmm. issues. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. And, um, always liked his work and, and always, he's like incredibly versatile. Um, and so when I was talking to Willow about this bitch, I was like, we kind of, we talked about a lot of different styles. Um, and then I showed her Chris's work and she was just like, Oh man, that's amazing. And Chris had actually been, so I reached out to Chris and he'd been doing, um, um, he'd actually been doing a lot of like theatrical work, like mm-hmm. design stuff and hadn't been doing, um, comics recently. And you know, but he was like, he had, he told me he was kind of itching to get back into something. Um, and so, you know, I asked him about this and asked him to be interested in anything like this. Um, and he was just like, Oh man, are you kidding? This is right up my alley. <laughs> like yeah. I love everything you're talking about here. And you know, now he and Willow are off talking about like, you know, runes and all <laughs> yeah, kinds of I, I'm, insane, I'm know, looking at his Instagram right now. It's really fantastic stuff and um uh, it's a really yeah. great fantasy art here. So um yeah. That's it's a, incredible. Yeah, that's great. So uh yeah, I mean that you know, all the headaches and all the you know, as as, as you and I know, there are many setbacks along the road <laughs> of making <laughs> comics. But you know, it's just working with really creative people. You you just can't you know, it's so everybody always says that for comics, the budget is unlimited. You know, the sky's the mm. limit. There's no, there's, there's, you know, you could tell any kind of story in comics and it's so intimately collaborative, you know, unlike making movies or TV or, you know, anything totally. like that. And I mean, it is, it's, I, I realized that, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I take on a little editing job here and there and I, I recently edited something and, you know, it's been a while since I did it. And also just in the pandemic, 
you know, you, you question everything, right? I mean, we have questioned mm-hmm. everything in the world uh, over the last two years and continuing to question it. And, and I was sort of like just thinking to myself, you know, I just sent this artist a script that doesn't just ask for one really good drawing on a page. I just asked them to do six really good drawings on the page of, you know, a car chase with robots. And they're just going to do it. I'm just going to get it back, and it's going to be a beautiful page of, of a car chase and robots. I mean, we ask so much of, oh, yeah. of the creativity uh, of the people who make the comics. It's, you know, if you ever, like I said, you, like, you know, you're mired in it. But, like, I just had that kind of, you know, stepping back, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's the thing too, like I, I, I don't know, look, look, I, I've been making comics for 15 years now, um, you know, and I've been a fan forever, but like, I don't, I, I, I don't, I've never been in a band, hmm. but I would imagine that's like maybe the closest, you know, to some, to something like this where it's like sure. everyone's collaborating, right. everyone is kind of like, playing their part and um you know and if you're all doing it right like it just it really clicks and it really sings and then everyone loves it yeah <laughs> but, I, like, right but, it, but it's like you know it, sure when you're on stage and it's amazing it's amazing but like there's so much work that goes into it behind the scenes oh to, yeah to get it for that you yeah know? absolutely you know there was one i i must ask you because there was some questions about this um, mm. on uh, Twitter and elsewhere about whether, I, you know, like the line is being creator-owned or creator-driven, uh, you know. So okay, I don't know what you could say about that, but uh, I'd love to clear it up. You know, are these creator-owned titles? Are they creator participation? Yes. Yeah, no, they, they are. And, um, you know, uh, that was the that was the goal is that, like I was saying in the beginning, is that um, when I was talking with a lot of talent is that they wanted to be doing more original stuff mm-hmm. um but you know also have a um sense of ownership over it as well i mean obviously um uh idw there's idw publishing and we also develop things into television and film as well and that's right. a huge part of of the business and so that is something that yes of course we we will be pursuing but that was important to Nachi and i from go to is that like we want this to be something that is beneficial for everyone. And like, yes, there are opportunities to develop things, but it's publishing first. Um, these are your books and your characters and, and, you know, we're just helping to tell the stories. Right. Right. Well, I, I mean, it is, I do think one of the really great developments over the last, you know, 15 years since you've been making comics, you know, is that I, I do think creators have a greater, awareness of um, the fact that there's so many different a- avenues for them to take. I mean, there's webtoons, you know, yeah. there's tapas, there's, there's mm-hmm. you know, trying to break in at Marvel and DC, and, you know, there's original mm-hmm. comics. And so, you know, I think they do understand more, uh, thank God, that, you know, ownership is 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 important you know they- yeah no of course and and avenues to do original comics and l- l- lots of lots of different places to do it and so that's one of the things that was important to me too is that like look I, you know sure you can pursue some of those other things you said or, or self-publish or even kickstarter or whatever but it's like what it is it can be so much more fruitful and, and fulfilling and, and exciting to have a whole publisher behind you right, right. and be able to be like yes and and I am here and here's your editorial team and here's your sales and marketing team and here's your publicity team and, and all of this so that you're not sort of on your own, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what we really want to be able to provide too is that well, like, yeah, you, you can focus on the work and we can do all this. Well, I think publishers have also learned the same thing, you know? And I think, yeah. I think especially as, as graphic novels, you know, are such a huge part of, uh, book sales now. I mean, especially YA and kids graphic novels, you know, mm-hmm. it's the fastest growing and manga is so huge, you know, in the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, comics just thrived. I mean, they were like one of the big success stories of the pandemic. And, um, but I think publishers also realize like, you know what? It's, it's a great idea not to, to just, you know, treat these talented, talented people as disposable. 
Um, it's oh, better it's to have totally better to have them wanting to work for you and treating them fairly <laughs> and with respect. <laughs> right. Which sounds oh, like a oh, no brainer, so. but <laughs> I know, I know you'd think that, right? Yeah. But, you know, we all know. Well, and that's the thing too is that not only are you know publishers, a lot of publishers have changed in, in how they approach that, but also. Um, I think that talent is like so much more aware now of, of, you know, sort of like horror stories going all the way back to yes. what Siegel and Schuster, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, unfortunately we are all very, very aware of the sort of like sad and shitty history of, um, you know, people not getting taken care of. So yeah, it just, you can't. You just can't move forward and build anything if that's how you're going to approach it. It just it just won't work, yeah. you know. And 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 who would want to, you know? Exactly. Like you said, like like you said earlier, like you're gonna like a, a an a, an amazing writer came up with this incredible idea and then collaborated with this artist, <laughs> and now you're gonna send this page and like they're gonna do this wild thing with this, and it's like it's gonna come back, and you're like. Wow, now there's a whole world in front of me that like yeah. wasn't there before, you know. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. It is. Um well, you know, this is for your first interview. We're almost out of time here. Um oh, no. I yeah, no, it's great. Uh it's amazing. <laughs> I have one okay, I have two quick questions to to wrap up here though. Um I know that you're working with John Ridley as well and uh you yes. know, that's got to be amazing. Uh yeah, it's I I know we uh, we can't talk uh, more about it yet, but um uh, John is amazing. Do you know John? Uh, you I mean I've met him. him. I've uh, he's actually been on this podcast also. Oh cool, there you yeah. go. I'm in great company. Yeah. Um yeah, John is he's such a thoughtful dude and um so I I got to work with him in the past and um you know, this was an example of someone who I wanted to reach out to and because I knew there were actually some other stories that we had talked about before that I was like, I know that this is one that, that John wants to do, you know, and that has never really had a chance to do. And so I got to reach out to him and ask him about that. And, um, you know, luckily, uh, look, he's such a busy guy. And, um, I think, He's in the three. I mean, like the email is like usually how we how we communicate. But like in the two to three phone calls I've had with him, it's I think he's been in a different city every single yeah. time I've talked. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, as busy as he's he is, shooting, you, know. you know, like Oscar winning, you know, uh, screenwriter. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he takes his comics work very seriously. Very seriously, and he knows his mm. comics. Like, yeah, he knows his history. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing too. That's like he like. He has such a uh, like deep knowledge of um, comics history, comics characters, you know, stuff that that he's loved over the years and stuff like that. Like he doesn't, he's not like a, a newbie when the when he approaches this. And plus, I mean, he's written so many comics. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's, really he's, he's yeah. Doing. He, no, he does, he does. So yeah. and just one other thing though, you, you know, you've alluded. I think you mentioned it earlier, but uh, you know, it's also that you you are going to be doing YA graphic novels as part of the originals line. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, look, as you mentioned, like obviously it is a massive growing part of the market. Um, and also too, I think that it's, it's, um, it's been really interesting to see the shift in, I think like you, you'll get this. I feel like there used to be this sort of like, if you read comics, you're over here. If you read books you're, or video games, you're over here. But like now it's just sort of like, everyone does everything, you know, and, and kids certainly don't make any sort of like, they just don't discern between like, well, this is a book book and this is a comic book and this is a graphic. No, they just read, you know, right. like they just read everything and they just love everything. And, and, um, it's been amazing to see that like, you know, you can go into target now and, and there's graphic novels there or whatever. Like it's, it is out there and more and more people can get it. And, um, I mean, I, I see it with my own kids yeah, now that it's, yeah. uh, so my, uh, our kids are, uh, eight and five and it's like, oh, yeah. just, you know, they're just like, I, I, my daughter Margot is like, she makes comics, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like she sits down and it's like, that's how she's like telling stories. It's like, she's drawing and she's writing and she's lettering. And it's just like, it's the most natural thing in the world to them. Um, so you know, watching watching them do it and and watching obviously like the, the the growth and sales and whatever it's like of course we want to tell these stories and like you were saying before too like 
there's so many young voices and and who are coming from different perspectives that have like the kind of comics that they want to make the, and the kinds of stories that they want to tell are so completely different yeah. that it's oh, like, yeah. of Paris. course we're going to do this. Yeah. You know? And I'll also say, oh, I could go on and on about yeah. this, but the, the last thing I'll say is that like what I find fascinating about working with talent like this too is that like many of them, most of them did not grow up right. um, reading traditional Western superhero comics, you know? And so like they're – their storytelling approach or, you know, even their, their pacing sometimes is like so different, um, in a good way that you just, you don't get from someone who, if they're like, if they were, it was a constant diet of, yeah. You know, oh yeah. Stuff, and, so. I, and you know, that's man, you know, this could be a whole nother podcast just talking about the changes and, and the, you know, creators and, uh, you know, the styles and all that. Um, Sign me up. Yeah, well, Talk there you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we are out of time here. Um, Mark Doyle at IDW, thank you so much, though. This has been great. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, July is when the first titles hit, and then uh, they'll they'll be coming out. Yes, absolutely. Heidi, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was really good to talk to you. Yeah, again. it is. And, uh, you know, it's great talking to you. And as we say, there will be more to come.